Smith will keep it. He dies for the end zone. He's got a touchdown. Kansas City in one of the greatest comebacks in Chiefs kingdom history. It's time. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. Kyle, out of the shotgun. Looks left. Throws a lob for Michael Crabtree. Caught it. He caught it. He caught it. The Raiders have the lead. 35-34. It's the T.C. Martin Show. Sweet revenge for Michael Crabtree. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. I needed that. Starting to feel like football now. That was a good start. That was a good start. We're going to finish for you, all right? The doctor is now in. And here we go. It is a Friday afternoon here at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. It is the T.C. Martin Show streaming live, of course, tcmartinshow.com, wherever you may be. Our Friday home, of course, the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. No better place to be here on the Strip, the luxurious sportsbook powered by William Hill. Double B, Brian Benowitz, back after a one-week hiatus because he was highfalutin at Del Mar at the Breeders' Cup last week. We'll dive into that. Uh, Stack guest list uh, on tap today. Matthew Holt will be joining us for our best bet segment and uh, breaking down some college football, the NFL. Next hour, David Norrie, the former UCLA quarterback, uh, Double B sport his UCLA uh, baby blues today. I almost wore the baby blues myself today. Big, big hoops game today, yeah. TC. Big yep. hoops game. The Bruins? Bruins Villanova at Pauly. That's right. Number four versus number two. I'm sure you stayed up late to watch them uh, uh, take care of Bakersfield the other night. They, they did. They did. And, and they covered. One by 40. They, yeah. Yeah, they won. I think it was a 38. The spread was only 25 what or something. It? it was easy. Easy cover. Actually, I don't even think it was that much. I think the spread was a little bit lower than that. They, yeah. they crushed them. They crushed them. Well, Bakersfield was uh, uh, really, really a bunch of hammers out there. They, I've never seen a team so physical that really they, they tried to just run through them. I think the, I think the Bruins took 17 uh, free throws by halftime. <laughs> All right. We've got plenty of college basketball to talk about, too. Is the season underway just uh, this week as well, too. UNLV in action. They are 1-0. They will be playing Cal tomorrow night. And Curtis Terry is going to join us, the former UNLV sharpshooting guard. Uh, back in the old Long Kruger teams that went to the NCAA tournament. Uh, so Kevin Kruger made his debut with the Runner Rebels, victorious over Gardner-Webb on Wednesday night. So congratulations to Kevin. Of course, we had him on the show earlier in the week. So Curtis Terry will be with us. Always love having Curtis uh, part of the show, especially during basketball season. As a slowly but surely, Brian, we start working our way to that fantastic time the first week of March, hoops and hops, and, of course, the NCAA tournament. So... We, we'll start talking some hoop. Yeah, hoops, hoops and Hops is a fantastic event for anybody who hasn't been here before. Uh, last year we kind of had a scaled-down version due to the COVID uh, uh, pandemic, but right now uh, we're going full force for uh, March Madness this year. Reservations are already coming in, so we're real excited for it. I can hardly wait. All right, so a lot on the table today. So like I said, so Matt Holt joins us, David Norrie, the former UCLA quarterback, and also uh, a decade-plus with ABC and ESPN calling college football for them. He's in the house. He'll join us today. Of course, Trevor Maddich will join us. Uh, another uh media partner of ours with uh, ESPN and of course the former football player himself Trevor Maddich 12 year NFL veteran and national champion at BYU back in the day in 1984 to be exact so he joins us for our best bet segment that and a whole lot more coming your way here live from the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas All right, Double B before we start getting into the college football the NFL and everything I did want to touch base with you because you were at the Breeders' Cup last week, and I know that's like a bucket list for horse racing fans. Nick's go wins the classic. Brad Cox, the winning trainer, and you know when you look at Brad Cox, this guy has been phenomenal, and he goes he he won the Belmont Stakes last year, right, with Essential Quality. Also, also finished second in last year's Kentucky Derby, which still is out there that he his horse could get moved up mandaloon still could get moved up uh and that would be something else then he would have that uh, on his resume as well too but uh, brad cox f- phenomenal trainer did a fantastic job and a, a, a great race 
uh, in the Classic, the $6 million Classic that uh, that you saw firsthand last Saturday. Yeah, hats off to Del Mar. They did a fantastic job hosting it. Uh, uh, the gamblers came in full force. I think the handle was the best in ever in uh, Breeders' Cup history. Uh, Nick's go, just uh, nobody could go with him. He went to the lead. Uh, he was one of the older horses. Uh, most of the handicappers thought that maybe the three-year-olds were better with uh, uh, Medina Spirit, who, again, is uh, his purse is still being withheld right. for the Kentucky Derby, Essential Quality, and, and Hot Rod Charlie. But Nick's go, nobody could nobody could go out quite as fast as he could, and he just went all the way around and carried that speed right home. So uh, uh, a fantastic and deserved winner of the Classic. So please explain this to me. And you said it right there. Uh, Medina Spirit, obviously, he is he is still, I guess, considered the Kentucky Derby winner. Here we are now. I mean, six months later, why is this still an issue? And I know the broadcasters were talking about it as part of the coverage on Saturday and still, like, kind of making jokes. I mean, this is ridiculous that this is still out there. Why is it taking this long? And when is this thing going to be finally determined and squashed altogether? Well, I I don't know, TC. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, He failed a a number of tests, and uh, they need to withhold the purse money and, and disqualify him. I mean, it's that simple. Um, Bob Baffert knows what goes into these horses. He knows what's allowed and what's not allowed. Uh, He's had a number of uh, uh, failed drug tests and and major events. So this shouldn't be a surprise. And and I don't know why it's taking uh, the the powers that be in Kentucky to not make a move on this. Uh, He did win the two-year-old juvenile. Um, I can't remember the name of the horse. I didn't bet it. Uh, but it's it's interesting because now that will be the favorite for the Derby, but he can't run in the Derby because right. uh, he's ba- he's barred from there. So right. it's a real interesting time, um, and maybe they're waiting through the Breeders' Cup in a few weeks after as a not take away from it because it will be a media announcement when it's done. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of upset people uh, that obviously bet that horse that ran second at a pretty good price um, that Mendina Spirits are. Now, Mendina Spirits a very fine animal, ran yeah. second in the uh, – in the uh, Breeders' Cup Classic, and um, it, it's, it's a shame uh, because it is a black eye for the... Uh, well, not only that, race. but it's unprecedented, too. I mean, when there's an inquiry in, in a race, I mean, it's it's determined within two or three minutes, and, and, it's, and it's done, it's over. And if you're going to take some time, okay, I can understand a few days, a week, or whatever, after the Kentucky Derby, but to have this thing continue to loom, and it is, like you said, not only is it a black eye, but it's almost like the, the butt of these jokes now. And I don't know I, what they're still waiting on. I don't and, know what, 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 else, what else is going to come up yeah. that could possibly be. So what's the answer? hesitation then? Yeah, I don't know. What, any idea? What I, do not, I do not for, know. Or I don't know. Maybe the, again, maybe it got too close to the Breeders' Cup, and they wanted the Breeders' Cup to go as their showcase. But I can't speak for the the, 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 the racing officials in Kentucky and why they haven't made a move here. Yeah, it is uh, it is crazy, but uh, great atmosphere. Of course, uh, it came across awesome on television. You know, Friday and Saturday, you were there for both days. But uh, you know, one, one of the elite events, obviously the Breeders' Cup, and one of the elite tracks at, at Del Mar as well. Well, it, you know, last year was a, a little bit of a letdown because it was in Keeneland, and they didn't, right. they weren't able to get a lot of people to travel due to the pandemic. Uh, this year, uh, being able to have people from all over the world uh, showcase their, their their animals and these fine athletes came out and heck Japan looked good and Europe looked good and all across the country looked good so it was really nice to see I met a lot of really nice people who uh, hadn't traveled in 20 months but they were really excited to bring their, their, their horses to Del Mar but some of their first trips ever to the west coast of, uh, of the United States and uh, really the weather was, was a little chilly for Del Mar but it was still nice and uh, uh, it was it was a nice experience. All right, and your horse ran very well, very yeah. nice on on Friday. In the, in the know, turf. It was a, it was a thrill. Um, uh, Helen's well. She's going to run again okay. at the end of the month. She came out of the race just fine. She tried very hard. She got caught a little bit behind a horse that was tiring on uh, towards the lead, and uh, couldn't get her stride out. No, taking nothing away from the winner because it maybe cost her about a length. Right. Uh, um, Bobby Flay's horse uh, made you know the the the, 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 the the seas opened up for him and he was able to squirt through and really had a nice horse on the lead with Pizza Bianco. Uh, but you know to have a horse against the best horses in the world and run within two and a half lengths of the winner. Uh, ended up eighth in a blanket finish, but uh, really ran a nice race, and we're proud of her. But, uh, and going off at 50-1 to one as well. Yeah, the odds, <laughs> the odds. I, I didn't think 50-1 to one was uh, was right. I thought maybe 20, 15-1 should have been the odds. Uh, right. It was, a, as I told you before, I thought it was a wide-open race, and right. when you have uh, nine horses within three lengths of the winner, that's a wide-open race. Yeah. So uh, excited for her future. She's only two. Uh, she'll grow from this. I think the experience in uh, going a little further 
um, excited for her three-year-old campaign. All right, good deal. All right, Double B, live at uh, Del Mar last week for the uh, Breeders' Cup. All right, uh, then you come back here. We got Golden Knights action. The Golden Knights in the middle of a six-game homestand. Victorious last night. Very impressive performance as the Golden Knights get the 3-2 victory over the Minnesota Wild last night. And uh, for Golden Knights fans, when you you hear the names, what, uh, Paul Cotter and, uh, and Jonas uh, Ronberg or whatever, each scoring uh, their first NHL goals last night, this is something we're not used to with the Golden Knights. And we know we've talked about it before how this roster has really changed mostly because of injuries. But, of course, you know, this is the business of professional sports and, and professional hockey. And, uh, you know, but uh, between guys being shipped out and injuries, uh, Golden Knights roster is looking much different. And last night we saw some new faces come to the party and score and get the Golden Knights victory. Yeah, you know, this is a lot of what I thought we'd see in the first year. You know, uh, the game's a little choppy. They're doing everything they can. They're trying really hard, these kids. Uh, they're, they're not going to look beautiful every time. It's not going to be crisp. They're going to make mistakes. Uh, but, you know, in hockey more than any other sport, you need to really rely on your minor league system. And, and there is no excuse. It's next man up. And uh, the guys you're seeing now are kind of holding on. Right now, the, the Golden Knights are sitting in fifth place with 17 or 16 points in the, uh, in the Pacific. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's gratifying to watch them play so hard. They played a really good first period. Uh, Martinez getting hurt made him thin again when he got the, the skate in the face yesterday. Uh, so they had to run with five uh, defensemen. Uh, but they held on. They played well. Broussois was good in the net, and uh, it was a really fun game and a great atmosphere inside T-Mobile. And the guys uh, who are VGK fans have got to be admiring this team for sticking it out right now. Because really right now it's about... It's about holding on and getting healthy, and these guys are playing and they're getting points, and now with this four more games in this homestand, uh, an opportunity to move up in the standings. You mentioned Brossois. He uh, was in goal last night, 24 saves. Uh, now he's appeared in three games. He's 2-1. and one. And, again, Golden Knights fans really not familiar with him whatsoever. Robin Leonard, you know, getting a, a night off here. But, uh, yeah, talk about, about Brossois. And I know that you liked him you know, when this acquisition was made. Yeah, Broussois played, uh, he's, he's younger, obviously. Uh, he came up uh, through, he was in Edmonton a few years ago, and he was with the fine Winnipeg Jets, who are having a good year this year, when, by the way. Winner again last night, by Winner the way. Winner again oh, last night. deadly Sharks. Yes, 4-1 after uh, right. yeah, spotting the Sharks one goal. It was right. nice to see. Right. Uh, I didn't see him click last night cheering him on before the game, of but that's course. okay. Um, but Broussois is a perfect perfect backup because he comes in he's very calm you know you see a goalie he's not going to flop around he's going to stay still now he's not going to look great every game uh against uh, uh detroit they had some pinpoint shots that, that beat him and that's going to happen um but when you've got a big goalie i mean Leonard is a big man he's going to need some time off he's going to need a spell and what this does it creates a great opportunity for logan thompson to get all the starts or the majority of the spark starts in henderson because that's really the, the guy that we have pegged down in the, in the future yeah. for the for the vegas golden knights but brussois is going to come in and he's going to and the and the team is going to feel comfortable they're not going to feel as though like they got to go out and force the issue and last night they didn't have to they, they they got to a nice lead a beautiful third goal there with seven seconds to go uh in the second period and uh, uh, um, you know, they just they, they, they did what they needed to do and get the two points and move on. And now we got another game uh, tomorrow night right. against the Canucks. Like you said, they jumped out to a 2 nothing first period lead. We're able to hang on over the Wild last night 3-2. Uh, to two. And uh, as we know, in years past, uh, in seasons past, uh, the Wild has always kind of been a nemesis oh, yeah. uh, for the Golden Knights. You watch the Wild play, TC, and they play very, very methodical. Yeah. Uh, system. A lot of passes. They, they don't move with a ton of speed. Uh, they do have some talent on that team, by the way. Kirill the Thrill is there, and uh, uh, a few of the others can really put, can, can light it up. Uh, Talbot, uh, both goals that the kids got, probably he should have stopped. Yeah. They were not great goals, but they right. got by, right. you know, and that happens. So uh, thrilling for those guys to score. I was hoping that old Jake would score, uh, I can't pronounce his last name, so we could get almost a, uh, a hat trick of, <laughs> right. new, of, of, new, of, of first goals. Of rookies, yeah, exactly. All right. Do you like this roster? Well, you know, it's it's exciting to watch because I'm not overly familiar with them. Right. Um, no and, one is. And yeah. I'm not overly familiar, and, and you know who's missing. You're missing your scorers, right. um, and you're missing people that can light it up. Uh, this kid, Eichel, if he gets healthy, his surgery is supposed to be today, uh, and he's healthy and he's ready for the playoffs, he can really add some dimension to uh, our team. I mean, but when you've got 
Carlson, uh, the center of your, your, your misfit line, and then you have your two wingers in, in Stone and Pacioretty out. I mean, there's not much more. There's not a lot of teams that could take three major scores, and of course, Tuck was part of it, or not to do Tuck slash Eichel, and take them out. Um, our defense is, is very strong, though, and uh, very deep. Coglin looked great last night. Haig looked very good last night. He's got a, a rocket shot, and uh, they're, 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 they're not allowing, at least last night or even against the Kraken, many second-chance opportunities. All right. I don't think we got a chance to, to talk to you since the Jack Eichel trade. And like you yeah. said, a surgery going to be out for a majority of the year. Could probably come back maybe after the All-Star break in February. Uh, herniated disc, number two overall pick by Buffalo back in 2015. And like I said, you hate to see Alex Tuck go, Peyton Krebs. But uh, Jack Eichel comes here. This has been rumored for quite some time. And there are a lot of fans that were all on board, and then there were others that were kind of divided, saying, you know, we've heard some stories, heard some rumors, this guy might not be the best teammate, but can't take anything away from his talent. We know the guy is very talented, but with a herniated disc and this type of injury, what are your thoughts uh, about Eichel from that perspective, and then also fitting in with his uh, team in the locker room. You know, I watched Jack Heichel's interview on ESPN the other night. Uh, oddly, they put it in the, almost like they do in the Monday night football games where it's in the middle of the action. Right. You're like, dude, doing the period break, right? right. I mean, right, right, uh, right, right. Uh, Trevor mentioned that the other day. Because right. what are they doing? I go, well, that's what they do in Monday night football. When there's a lot of delays in football, right, where you can do that. Yeah. Uh, I thought Heichel said all the right things. Um, it's a new opportunity for him. He is a world-class talent. There aren't, there aren't five people in the world that can do what he can do uh, with the hockey puck and the way he can score. Now, there's a lot of people that have said he has not been a good captain. He's not been a good teammate in Buffalo. Now, that's Buffalo. Uh, William O'Reilly, for instance, he basically left there because of Eichel is what they said, went to St. Louis and won a cup. There is enough senior leadership on our team that have, that have, that have grown, that are grown men, the Pacioretty's of the world, the Martinez's of the world, the Stones of the world, that I think he doesn't have to come in and be that leader. He can come in and be a player and be a part of it. So time will tell whether he gels, but he's saying all the right things and he's doing all the right things. And if this guy comes in and, and gives us the boost when it comes to offense, uh, you know, we could be hoisting a cup here come June, which would be a lot of fun for all the all the Vegas, all those, uh, you know, Vegas Golden Knights fans that haven't hoisted a cup in five years. So. <laughs> well, Bill Foley said, right, cup, cup within six, right? Six within six, yes, he That's did. That's what he said. So. He said playoffs in three. We did, they did that in one and got to the cup. So right. the, team, the team is showing the guts and the fortitude that you need to, to survive in this league. Mm-hmm. And these, are, these kids are getting great opportunity to play. And they, they do not have the talent of the people that are missing. Right. That's obvious. But some of them, it's a showcase because they may be playing on the third and fourth line come, you know, uh, uh, April. Right. Come, come March, once we get through that long break for the Olympics and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And that could be, that Olympic break could be a real benefit for the Vegas Golden Knights. Mm-hmm. As, you know, do you really need to hurry back guys with their broken feet mm-hmm. if, if, you're, if you're hanging around that playoff spot before February? I don't know. Uh, and then that extra month will be really good for Jack Eichel. Yeah. And Eichel obviously is going to miss the Olympic Games as well, too. Um, yeah, the, yeah, you know, the, the Olympics is great. Yeah. I mean, you cheer, you know, go Canada, go USA, whoever you're cheering for. But at the end of the day, you just don't want your players to get hurt. Exactly. Right? I mean, yeah. uh, they're going to go. They're going to play as hard as they can. Yeah. But, you know, you're watching it with a different eye. Yeah. You know, like it, it, when, it, I, when I watch Michigan, I'm rooting for against my guy getting hurt there. Yeah. You know, in <laughs> you know. All right, Double B breaking it down for us. Little Vegas Golden Knights and the Golden Knights victorious again last night against the Minnesota Wild 3-2 at T-Mobile Arena. They're back in action, part of the six-game homestand. Game number three coming up tomorrow night against the Vancouver Canucks. Hey, ha- 7 o'clock. But time out, how about that taco promotion at the, at the T-Mobile? You like that, huh? That's amazing. Yeah. They scored two goals in any period, no matter what the result. Yeah. Two free tacos. Yeah. Two free tacos. I mean, the place went bonkers for the tacos in the first period. I, of course, gave my mind to Charlie, Did your you? buddy Charlie, yeah. who ate four tacos on the way home. He was hurting a little bit this Silver morning. Silver black Charlie? Yep, he was there. He was there. He was, he was donning the, the retro red, and uh, we had a great time last night. Really, really great atmosphere, and uh, Trevor and little Brian were there. We just had, we just had a really good time. It was, like, it was like old times. But but as we know, Silver Black Charlie's tacos that he makes at the tailgate are so much better than those tacos that he that he won last that night. True. That is very true. Yeah. He makes a good tacos. Yeah. This this week's tailgate, you're yeah. going to be there, right? That's it. This, got, this is for, for Kansas hear. City, he's doing ribs. Well, hold on. Breaking news. Let's go to Silver and Black Charlie's, the tailgate party, and the menu is as follows. As respect for Kansas City, we're doing barbecue ribs. Oh, I, that's it. That's and respect it. for you. Oh, yes. And, and Gilby over here, bratwurst. Look at this. Yes. So that's that's a fine menu. Jimmy, are you going to be at the game on Sunday? 
it's late in the afternoon too, so I mean, yeah, we're gonna I get there about two o'clock. Be See, ready to go. For me, that is the perfect tailgate time and opportunity. Yeah. I know you like the the, the earlier games yes. to, to get it over with, but for tailgate purposes, my friend, <laughs> that is the perfect time because it's lunchtime. I'm a morning guy. It's you pre during time, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you like you you like uh, you know egg McMuffins for your pregame. <laughs> your, your, your uh, tailgate. You're too funny. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's good. You know, I've, I've been requesting the, the ribs because yeah. Oh, yeah, no. Silver Black Charlie can, can do ribs. Oh, he's like very, no very excited. He's very excited for this tailgate, and uh, it should be a lot of fun. And then a huge game for the Raiders. Yeah. Huge game. Obviously let down last week with um, um, against the Giants. Against the Giants. Yeah. Uh, Carl was off. Lots of distractions. I think coming home uh, and, and playing, you know, arguably what people think is the best team in, in the NFL, uh, you know, despite the record, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, looking forward to it. All right. So we'll dive into that uh, this afternoon. Diving into the Raiders and the Chiefs again, Allegiant Stadium. It is Sunday night football, 5:20 p.m. kickoff, and uh, the tailgate festivities uh, start approximately uh, three o'clock or so. Uh, two o'clock. Two o'clock. Two Charlie o'clock. said he'll be prepared at 1:30, so I'm gonna get there <laughs> around two o'clock, so it's all set. Lot in, look out, baby. Yeah. Here, here we go. There it is. Uh, I have a feeling. Hey, your buddy, your buddy Trevor will be there. He will be there. He will be there for the tailgate. There it is. For the tailgate. Okay, for the he's tailgate. He's coming straight. Only. He's coming straight from the pickleball courts. <laughs> To the tailgate. That's how excited he is about the tailgate last night. Charlie just pubbed it up so big. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Did I see him there last time? You did. Yeah. And, and then he went home. He went home. Yeah, I understand these guys are short for the tailgate and they don't go to the game. I mean, this is this is Trevor the the hockey reverie. Yes. I mean, that's it. I'm surprised he didn't he didn't come with the the you, black and white stripes. You got to remember, it's very difficult to tailgate in Canada. <laughs> right? I mean, it's cold. They don't, they don't know the definition well, of tailgate. It's cold. It's they? too cold. No, they're, they're, Is there they're, such a thing? They'll pregame. They'll pregame at various bars, but okay. you can't be outside. You'll freeze to death yeah. out there. <laughs> you know, I think, they got, I think they got two feet of snow in Winnipeg yeah, this week. I was so. going to say. Poor I mean, Jerry the dentist. He can't even ride his bike outside. I right? was going to say, in, in the peg, their version of... Of the uh, the tailgate is the is the uh, ice fishing. You know there it is. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's it. It, 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 it's, it's, it's dumping that line inside something that Gilby knows about in beautiful downtown Anago. Yes, population forty seven. Yeah. <laughs> Upper Wisconsin. There you have it. All right, we come back. We start talking some college hoop. UNLV Runner Rebels. They are one and zero. They're back in action against a Pac twelve contender. Look at his kickstand. Look at him. I know, look, this guy. He's, he's got style. He's Man. got finesse. You know. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's why he's here. He's here. He's got a little, yeah, little old success, school, too. Old school Air Jordans, it looks like to me. My man, Curtis yeah. Terry in the house, the former UNLV runner rebel, and also does a fantastic job on the radio side on the UNLV uh, radio network. He is in the house. He will join us next. We'll talk college hoops next. And don't forget, of course, best bets coming your way today. Our three best college plays, our three best NFL plays. We do that for you each and every Friday, and that's up on the website as well, too, at tcmartinshow.com. Trevor Maddich, David Norrie, Matt Holt, all going to join us next hour for that segment so hang tight when we come back college hoops i do exactly what i want to do it's, it's the, the doctor tc martin you say i'm insane i say thank you very much the doctor is now in Glad to have you with us here on this football slash basketball friday it is the tc martin show from the cosmopolitan of las vegas get on up to Block 16, up on the second level, of course. That's where the food is. Well, there's food everywhere here. I mean, on the main floor, up uh, on the third floor, Blue Ribbon, STK, Zuma, the fantastic restaurants. And, uh, of course, Block 16 for your grab-and-go variety. It is all up there as well. Hattie B's Chicken, which I know is a personal favorite of our next guest. My man, Curtis Terry, the former UNLV runner rebel. What is happening, brother? Not much. TC, how's it going? It's going good. It's going good. It's, I it's never a trip to Cosmo unless you hit Hattie B's upstairs. you got to love that. <laughs> and, and, and tonight, double B. I can hardly wait because we're going to uh, indulge in the newest uh, restaurant here at the Cosmopolitan, Super Frico. Rick James or no Rick James, Super Frico in the house. You're oh. killing me, Small. <laughs> <laughs> Super Frico just opened a rave reviews and. Yep. Uh, the uh, reviews are fantastic. It, it really is. They got some great um, chicken parm and some good fish dishes and some a lot of fun. Some good meatballs for you, TC. Okay. Uh, good comfort. It's called psychedelic Italian food. So I'm looking forward to having the TC Martin family there tonight. Looking forward to that. And of course, you'll get the uh, the rave reviews coming. And speaking of reviews, I have read some reviews, and the word on the street is, and it's a uh, resounding across the board, best chicken parm in the city. 
The chicken. Are you parm- endorsing that? Well, you know what? I'm going to let you speak about it next week. Okay, there it is. We'll leave, we'll leave, we'll leave your review there. People are, are going wild over the chicken parm. I know. That's what I heard. Yeah. Fantastic stuff. All right. Super Frico, the newest restaurant here at the Cosmopolitan um, up on the third floor. Second floor. Second floor. Second floor, right. right by Opium. Right. Right by Opium. and uh, Where you like also that buffet you like. Exactly. And the old Wicked Spoon. Yeah. There you go. Good stuff. All right. Curtis Terry in the house. What is up, my man? How you doing? And uh, you're on the call with uh, UNLV's victory Wednesday night against Gardner-Webb. A little bit sloppy, but a W's a W, right? Yeah, no, I, I've been good. It's obviously getting busy now, or yeah. busier now with yeah. bas- college basketball season tipped off. I was on the call on Wednesday night with John Sandler on ESPN Radio Las Vegas yep. calling the Rebs and Coach Kevin Kruger's debut as the head coach of the Rebels. Uh, it wasn't the prettiest game in, in terms of, obviously, offensive production and, and output. Uh, 8% from three-point line for the Rebels, 2 of 25. Right. That's not good, but at the end of the day, it's about the outcome, and the Rebels were able to get a win. Coach Kevin Kruger got his first win um, as a head coach. He got doused in the locker room by the guys. Um, and so I, th- I think it's good for them to be able to get that out of the way. Uh, nine new faces in terms of transfers coming in. Only three returning players on scholarship from last year. So, again, trying to regroup. But I think this team's going to do some good things and moving forward. Uh, first first game out of the gates, it's a good way to get a win and, and move on. Yeah. Uh, your old buddy, uh, Kevin Kruger, and we've talked about him before. You know, He's been on the show, actually. We talked to him uh, you know, last week uh, before that. And he, he didn't hide his nervousness at, at all. He said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm not sure, you know, exactly, you know, when to stand, when to sit, you know, pace the sideline, that sort of thing, uh, making substitutions. We saw a lot of, of uh, substitutions where he was doing, like, mass substitutions as well, too. And, again, really not knowing that roster. I mean, nobody knows that roster. Like you said, just three returning scholarship players, a lot of transfers. But uh, – Give me some thoughts about your old teammate, Kevin Kruger, and how do you think he fared in his head coaching debut? Well, again, the outcome was, was what you wanted. It could have obviously went the other way, especially late with the uh, a, a foul on a breakaway by Donovan Williams. Um, also picked up a technical for taunting. Uh, so that, that four-point game could have went the other way very quickly in the last minute and a half. Uh, but for Coach Kevin Kruger, he was definitely kind of line changes in terms of hockey substitutions out of the gates. <laughs> but they did have three guys that are going to be in the rotation with James Hampshire to transfer, transfer from Pacific. Um, as well as Victor Iwulakor, a transfer from Oklahoma, and Jordan McCabe, the transfer point guard from West Virginia that did not play. So those guys are going to be in there along with the, the 10 or 11 that he did play. So it's going to be a, a lot of bodies, but I think this early in the season you're trying to figure out people. Mm-hmm. You're trying to figure out um, especially chemistry with who's going to bring the ball up, who are you going to go to when you need a bucket. Obviously most likely going to be returning all-conference player Bryce Hamilton, mm-hmm. but you do have a lot of guys that can take some of that pressure off him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think, again, getting that first game, but now things are going to start ratcheting up. You've obviously got Cal, Pac-12, team coming in tomorrow night uh you've got north dakota state come monday and then it, it really turns up as yeah. next friday a week from tonight you're at t-mobile um, in a four-team event um arizona wichita state is that first game but then you get to number four ranked um michigan wolverines um, yeah. next friday night and, and so it's definitely going to get hot yeah. very quick yeah yeah we'll, d- we'll dive into that here in a minute i want to get back to the roster here for a second uh keeping bryce hamilton obviously was a I don't want to say major coup because he was testing the NBA waters and, and he decided to come back and play for Kevin Kruger. That's great. Hamilton had 22 points. Again, he shot a bad percentage. Uh, they all did. I mean, 30% UNLV shot from the field. Like you mentioned, 8% from beyond the arc, 2 for 25. Uh, pretty abysmal, but the bottom line is they were able to, to get the win. And you mentioned Jordan McCabe. Uh, this guy's a big-time player from, from West Virginia. And then they also got Royce Ham. Uh, junior from Texas, and he really stole the show the other night. Royce Ham had 18 points and 17 rebounds. Just to see the the, the grip that this guy has, uh, he's got a great big body. But man, this guy's a hustler. I, give me your thoughts about. I, I know I was impressed with Ham. I want to know what you thought as you were calling the game. No, obviously I know you. Royce Ham has has some history behind him in terms of the type of player he was expected to be going into Texas. Right now, to his credit. Things didn't turn out as probably he would have liked that Texas under Shaka Smart, but you've got to keep in mind that he was playing behind five guys that were drafted in the NBA draft during the four years that he was there. Three guys that were first-rounders, two guys in the middle of the second round over the last five years. So there's a reason he didn't get those opportunities because you see him on Wednesday night. He comes out of the gate storming. He ends up with almost a double-double at halftime, finishes the game with 18 points, 17 rebounds, four blocks, really the, the heart and soul of that team so far. And so if they can continue to get that type of effort from him inside in the paint and then you mix in Jordan McCabe when he gets on the floor, hopefully for the first time tomorrow, um, along with the other transfers, and it doesn't hurt having Bryce Hamilton 
a proven 18-point-per-game scorer in the conference the last two years. Coach Kruger has some very high-caliber, athletic, strong, physical pieces that can fit what he's trying to do and put together in a very short amount of time and not have to have a two-, three-year build. Right. When you look at uh, this roster, and again, you still know how it's going to play out. You could see that it's meshing things together right. and that sort of thing. It's tough. Uh, you've been around this program a long, long time. And just going through the last couple coaches with Marvin Menzies and then T.J. Altsberger last year, where do you think, and I know it's too, too early to tell, but this roster compared to what it's been the last four or five seasons? I think in terms of just size, athleticism, and strength, this is going to be the, the most of those rosters that they've had this season, even though the guys are all new in transfers, uh, because you haven't had this type of collective athleticism, size, strength, physicality uh, for a UNOVO team since, I, I mean, I don't know, maybe back to the to the late 90s, mid-90s, to the 90s with, with yeah. LJ and those guys right. in terms of collectively across the board. They've got three guys that are pushing seven foot. You've got 6'8", Donovan Williams on the ring, on the wing. Um, you've got point guards that can play a high level. You've got proven scores at the college level in terms of uh, – Justin Webster, that came, comes over from Hawaii at a 13-point-per-game score in the WAC. Michael Nuga, 17.8-point-per-game uh, score at Kent State the last few years. You've got guys that have had success, some that have not had the opportunity, but you've also got athleticism, length, and size. And with this roster, the offense, I think, will come slow in due time as they figure each other out. But what they showed the other night, shooting 30% from the field, 8% from three, they were still able to win the game because they defended, and Gardner-Webb had a hell of a time trying to put the ball in the basket themselves. Curtis Terry, Brian Benowitz here live at the Cosmopolitan. We're talking a little UNLV hoops here. They got the victory on Wednesday night, beating Gardner-Webb. They're 1-0. Play Cal tomorrow. Cal opened their season with a quite an embarrassing loss as a 15-point favorite. They, they come in here 0-1, but they've got a little bit of talent as well. Mark Fox, I remember him, mm-hmm. his coaching days at, at, at Georgian, a couple other stops as well, too, so he's, he's the head coach at Cal. I want to get your, both of you guys' thoughts on the transfer portal here, because obviously Kevin Kruger used that to his advantage, and most college coaches are. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's much different now than it is for fans. They're not going to recognize uh, hardly a- any returning talent at any program right now because uh, these players can go without penalty pretty much and and go play at at another place. Uh, Curtis, your thoughts about the transfer portal, um, where it is right now. Is this good for college basketball or not? I think it's it's good for the the players because obviously coaches have been able to go come and go freely as they like for taking a new job or getting fired or moving around, no penalty. Uh, But the players have always had to sit out a year in terms of that transfer and that redshirt year. Now this past year with COVID and with the rule change, guys are able to have a free one-time transfer and play right away. So that's great. This past off-season college basketball was like NBA free agency. You've got guys coming and going and staying and declaring and in the draft, out of the draft. It's all fun and games. Uh, For a lot of guys, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. So that's one thing you have to take into consideration. But for a guy like Coach Kevin Kruger, who had to rebuild basically his whole roster with only three guys that decided to stick around, very quickly and easily he could go out and get guys that are impact guys and not have to go young with guys coming out of high school who might be just kind of shell-shocked stepping on the floor for college basketball and can get guys that are juniors, seniors, fifth-year guys, bring them in right away, and now it's just a matter of them meshing and figuring each other out in a new system as opposed to trying to groom some new kids, some young bucks um, that haven't been there before. So I think in Kevin's situation, it's great. I think it is going to impact college basketball recruiting. And now are some of those those high school kids that aren't the top-tier blue chips, are they going to get snuffed and have to go to, to Division two or go to junior college? Um, it, it's going to change the landscape of things. But, again, so far so good. But we'll see how this thing plays out after a full cycle. From a f- pure fan standpoint, it's confusing. Yep. It's very confusing. You don't know who's there. And, and you know, I, I've watched UCLA basketball my whole life, and some of it is watching a guy grow. Uh, from their freshman year to their sophomore year to their junior year to when they can uh, really aspire as a senior. And uh, their minutes grow as it goes. And you can see the development of of kids. Uh, When they pop in, you know, like I said, uh, I watched UCLA the other day. The the kid came in from Rutgers who looked like a monster. But I didn't even know what his name was, you know, when it it came down to it. So it is a little confusing for the fans. But it's something we're just going to have to get used to. I mean, uh, the one and done was something we had to get used to as well. So uh, uh, these are things that, uh, as a fan standpoint, I know that some people are saying, that the uh, uh, the rich get richer with the with the portal, and uh, you know the, the the blue bloods don't have to go out as aggressive. They can wait a year and they'll go grab these guys. So right. I, I don't know. I mean, uh, for for a program like UNLV, where there was virtually nobody left, uh, it had to be done. Yep. Um, and did we really want to sit here in Vegas and watch a team 
full of freshmen, you know, win two, three games. No. And so uh, right now it's just a matter of will they gel and, and mesh as a team. And it definitely changes the whole college basketball landscape altogether, too, because not only with the transfer portal, and like you said, Curtis, you now you get guys that are, are coming out of high school. Now there's uh, the option, too, to go straight to the G League and, and these other developmental leagues. That they're the, There's... Play, uh, things in place right now and even more on the horizon right. to to challenge the G League and other things, you know, academies and that sort of thing where they're getting paid right out of high school to play. So it is getting, you know, much more difficult. And then you throw in the NIL situation too, right. the name, image, and licensing where these guys are making money. We've seen that already with football, what that's done. And, uh, and basketball is, is right there on the horizon as well too. So totally different. And again, Confusing is a good word, Brian, you know, from a fan standpoint. But, you know, again, from a booster standpoint, I mean, it, it's going to take you time uh, to get to know these players. But don't you get the feeling it's almost kind of like the one-and-done situation in a different sense where you're really not going to basically have these same kids year after year you to build a program? Yeah, I mean, you, you've really got to, to sell your vision to kids but also have success and let them see growth an opportunity right away. I mean, you can't say, hey, yeah, it's, it's, give us a year, two years, and, and we're going to get there. This guy's redshirting because, again, it's completely different. Um, and, and you mentioned, I mean, like Kentucky or even Texas with Chris Beard, who went from Texas Tech to Texas. Right. He pulls a bunch of transfer guys. He gets a transfer point guard, Marcus Carr, to come down. He's now stacked at Texas right away. Um, and the blue chip guys uh, like Calipari, I mean, they can just say, well, we'll take him or we don't need to because now they can, oh, who's the best guy in the Mountain West? Let's go get him from San Diego State or Reno or wherever the case may be. Um, so it does change the landscape of college basketball. I think the college coaches are doing the best they can. Name, image, and likeness is a whole other curveball that gets thrown in there because now I look at it where these young guys, they should be compensated for what they're doing on the court and the dollars they're generating for these universities. But at the same time, now they've got to deal with that aspect of being a professional, managing money. Um, how is that going to play into the locker room? Is there going to be animosity within your teammates? Because this guy's got a big deal from Finley Toyota down in the Valley, uh, but this other guy doesn't get it. Uh, but does he play bad that night? And then he starts thinking, oh, man, is, is my deal in jeopardy? Am I going to lose my money? So there's a lot of different aspects that these young men in due time will learn. They're going to have to learn them now, but that comes with these changes. And uh, it, if they didn't want it, it doesn't matter because they have it now, so it's about adapting to the times. But as long as guys commit to where they're at, and have some faith in not saying, oh, adversity, I'm out of here. That's when it's going to get rocky for a lot of programs that aren't already established. On both of these topics that we're talking about, the transfer portal, uh, the new rules, and the NIL situation, as a former player, and again, let's go back, you know, 10, 12, 15 years ago when you were at UNLV, you were, you were a college athlete. Do you look back and say, wow, why didn't this happen, you know, when I was playing, or how, how do you look at it now compared to uh, is it one of these things, wish it was or not, or what? I, I sure as hell think that in 06, 07, when we went to the Sweet 16, and then 2000, 2008, 2007, 2008, when we went to the second round of the tournament, back-to-back -back Mountain West Conference Tournament Championships, top 25 two, two years in a row, I sure as hell would think that we probably would have got a couple dollars from some people in this city right. to do some endorsements or something like that. So in my time, I do wish that we had that because we would have started that life after college. A couple dollars in your pocket and, and set with a little nest egg. Um, but it's, it's different. I almost am kind of appreciative that I don't have to deal with it because when I was in college, I think my freshman year was like the first year Facebook was really a thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. I came out of high school with MySpace, and I was worried about, man, can I be in your top eight? Who's in my top eight? Right. Um, <laughs> but now they've got to deal with this, and there's people out there right there just because they can tweet. They can, they can Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, all these different things that now play a factor into it. That can distract them from what's going on on the court. But then also, if they want to get a piece of the pie, they've got to partake in that and be open books and be um, socially engaged with all these other outside things that typically have been, hey, just don't deal with those distractions. Just keep your keep your mind narrow. Um, so I'm kind of glad. But there is opportunity with that. But again, with opportunity be, becomes responsibility. So it, it's a tough thing to handle. So good for these guys. I'm glad I just get to travel, come to a couple shoot arounds, call the game, get on the plane and go home. What's your TikTok game like? I don't even have one, man. <laughs> For real. I'm not trying to age myself. That, make, that makes three of us. I draw, the, I, draw, I draw the line at Instagram. Right, exactly. exactly. That's funny. Your TikTok game. <laughs> Curtis Terry in the house. All right, we talked about UNLV schedule. You got Cal coming up uh, at the Thomas and Mac on Saturday. Pretty good crowd for Wednesday night, too. And I think for me, and I said this last week and even talked uh, to Kevin about this, is that I really feel that this is a breath of fresh air for UNLV. And me, for one, 
it, I'm excited about this. And I think it's because UNLV has brought back one of their own, something that you can definitely appreciate. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's why I liked the Dave Rice era. Right. You know, be, because of that. He was one of their own, and, and he had success. Uh, Lon Kruger obviously, obviously has success. Even though Kevin Kruger basically only played one year here, he's still a fabric of this community mm-hmm. and UNLV, and he's a former running Rebel, your teammate, like you mentioned, on those teams that had success. So I think this is going to get people back in the stands. It's going to get boosters excited. It's going to get the casual fan a little bit more excited. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think give this team the benefit of the doubt. And i got to say, I don't think anybody really kind of gave them the benefit of the doubt going through these ro- revolving door coaching changes that we've right. had for the better part of the last five years. Yeah, it, and to everybody's I mean, defense in terms of the fans that maybe aren't back on board, I mean, during those those last five years, you've had the Vegas Golden Knights, right? Yep. You've had them come about. You've had the Las Vegas Aces. You had the uh, the anticipation of, of the Raiders coming to town. So there's other things out there that could draw people in. And then a bad product on the court obviously doesn't help keep people in the, in the Thomas and Mac or coming through the doors with Thomas and Mac. But then you have COVID and the pandemic. And so there's a lot of different aspects. And so on a Wednesday night, the first game of the season, to be able to have, I mean, if there, if there was 5,000 people in there, that's 5,000 more than there was last year. And the fact that they now got a former player in charge, he's a first-time head coach, but good thing that Desiree Reed Francois before she left she hired him because someone else would have came and took Kevin Kruger because of the pedigree because where he comes from um, in his coaching tree of his dad because being at the game the other night I was nervous it was Kevin's first game but you've got Lon Kruger there Hall of Famer you've got his mom Barb in the building and they were big staples in this community for seven seasons when Lon was in charge and although Kevin played one year he was a part of that we even went before when he was at ASU he'd come and be here during the summer after he left his parents were still here this was his home base when he was playing overseas and come back in the offseason he's a big piece of this community this community loves their running rebels regardless of how great the Golden Knights are or the Raiders or whatever else is going on in town if you and all of you basketball is successful I strongly believe that this community will come back and support them like they should and this Thomas and Mac will again get to 18,500 they'll be rocking top 25 programs sooner than later because of this transfer portal and the opportunities that guys have in this great city yeah I I think that uh, the town and actually the whole country is just starving for entertainment Uh, we got all of college football taken away from us last year we couldn't go to a game and so uh, the fact that they won their first game and there was a few people there excited, uh, they start putting the right product and stringing a, you know, a, a couple wins together. Uh, they're going to get some people out there and hopefully they crack it, you know, over 10, 12,000 people over there, you know, by midseason. I mean, they got the number two team in the country coming here pretty soon. Right. And they got the number six team in Michigan next week. Right. So uh, at uh, that's a T-Mobile. At T-Mobile. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So let's let's take a look at this. Okay. So their upcoming schedule: you got Michigan, you got UCLA, uh, you got SMU, which is a pretty good team as well mm-hmm. too. They're going to travel, go see uh, our good friend, uh, the big seven-footer, Big Bill Cartwright. They're going to USF mm-hmm. here on December the fourth. And you mentioned North Dakota State, which has been a perennial uh, NCAA tournament team. They they're a very very solid uh, yeah. you know team, and they're going to get them uh, coming up next. So this schedule in the non-conference. Uh, I applaud for uh, UNLV for scheduling like this. And like I said, being able to play at at T-Mobile Arena, we've seen that before. Like when Oregon would come to town, they'd play at the MGM, you know, you know everything. I mean, that is, that, that is fantastic. So you're going to get a chance to see how UNLV stacks up. And we know that this is a very young, inexperienced team. But, hey, Michigan-UCLA coming up, man, that's exciting. Yeah, man, that's big-time college basketball. Now, obviously, Kevin Kruger didn't schedule these teams and, and his staff didn't put together the right. schedule it was kind of a fall, a fall over because a lot of these games fell off the schedule from last year because of, of covid i um, mean they got pushed to this year but i think it's a great opportunity and for him with his team you talk about it's a young team it's a young team of in terms of opportunity and experience on the court right. but these guys are upper class age-wise these guys right. have yeah. been in college basketball yeah. at big time programs that have been to the tournament they just didn't have their chance because they were playing behind guys that went to the nba so it's not like they can't play. They got recruited to go to these teams. It just didn't pan out. Some of them had coaching changes and wanted a new, fresh start. But I think they can put together something that's going to be competitive. And you talk about going to T-Mobile to play in that multiple-team event. Winner or lose against Michigan, you've got the winner or loser of Arizona-Wichita State. Mm-hmm. Again, two perennial programs that are going to be in the NCAA tournament. Um, it, it, again, then you've got UCLA coming two days after Thanksgiving. But the fact that you're playing 11 of your 13 non-conference games are at home or neutral site in your city – that's huge as opposed to in the past. There's been times where UNLV's had to go on that rodeo road trip. Right. And we, I went to Oklahoma State, and then we go back to California for a game, and you're all over the place for the course of that two weeks, and it's study week, it's finals week. 
but for the fact for Kevin to take that page out of his dad's book in terms of let's stay here, let's give these guys an opportunity to win against quality talent and not the likes of Benedictine, Catherine, St. Catherine, or all these other teams. <laughs> Florida A&M's, right. Exactly. If you're squaring up against yeah. the number two, number four teams in the country, you're going to improve from that. And the point is to improve and peak at the end of the year in March. And I right. think he's putting his team in a position to be able to do so. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's a late game on Friday. Yeah, 930, 9.30, too. 9.30, right. 9.30. So yeah. you might want to get a nap in, TC. Yeah, exactly. Okay. You're telling me. So I'm sitting at the yeah. game last night, and me and John Sandler sitting there calling it. And me and my wife, we usually put the kids, like, brush your teeth, 8.30. Lights are out by 9 if you're going to read your book in bed. Because then we're firing up Netflix, and we're binging whatever we are for our two and a half hours we get of us time. Right. It hit 8.30 last, um, on Wednesday night, and I'm like, oh, boy. I've got to start training myself to be able to stay up this late in public because yeah. it doesn't happen, and it hasn't happened. Um, so that, that hey, 9.30 Curtis, that was a 7 be, o'clock game, too. I know. Okay. We're talking 9.30 right. on the tail end of a doubleheader, right. so it could get pushed to a 10 o'clock tip and TV and all this stuff. So, man, it's going to be a long weekend. Yeah. Think about that for Michigan. That's a 12.30 a.m. tip. Exactly. Perfect. I mean, that is, I, I mean. I think I'm betting on the Rebels right now. That's yeah. great. You know, they did not look very good, Michigan, against right. Buffalo. They struggled mm-hmm. mightily in that game, pulled yep. away at the end, yeah. uh, but uh, and didn't cover. There was 13-point favorite. Exactly. 13, they, they, they dribbled the ball out at 12, and yeah. people are screaming. And you're like, oh, I wonder who, what side they have. But, but I'll say this. They, they look better than Ohio State in their opener. I didn't get to see the Ohio State you, opener, you, but whenever Ohio State uh, loses in any sport, it's a good thing. Well, they almost lost. It, it, they, they had to get a buzzer beater to beat Akron okay. the yeah. night before. The yeah. zips are tough. Yeah. <laughs> the zips are tough. <laughs> there you go. All right. Uh, Duke beat Kentucky the other night, part of the uh, Madison Square Garden, right? This is the Coach K farewell tour. Yeah. Uh, speak a little bit about uh, Coach K and Duke. I mean, I, I care less about Duke. I'm a UNLV guy. Yeah. That rivalry still lives. <laughs> you know how it is. See, I, but, thought I, I thought I would get that out of him. It is still fresh I love with it. UNLV fans. Yeah. It's I mean, still fresh. I, you, that's part of going to playing here and living here. You, you learn the tradition. Exactly. Good, good riddance, Coach K. That's what you think, uh, That's right? how I feel. I mean, exactly. enough already. I mean, I, I mean you're going to watch them around. Oh, it's Coach K's final game here or there. Yeah. Whatever. Hope they get He's, beat in the first round of their tournament. And that's I hope they don't make the tournament. That's, oops, I didn't say that. Yeah. <laughs> no, but with – so after the, the UNLV game Wednesday, I get home and I see the tail end of the Kentucky-Duke game. Right. And I'm like, geez, this is the number eight team in the country and the number ten team in the country? Yeah. What the hell is UCLA going to look like in Michigan coming in town? Right. <laughs> um, but i got to give credit to Paulo Benchero, um, the, the, the great freshman that they've got at Duke. He's a, he's a hometown kid for me, originally from Seattle, Washington. He's a stud. He's probably going to be the first pick of the draft. <laughs> but, again, when you've got that type of talent that he can go out there and some executive in the NBA said he could probably give you 16 and 10 in the league right now. Yeah. Coach K is probably going to have a hell of a farewell tour, um, but hopefully it's not too good at the end of the day. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and you weren't even playing against those guys. That, no. that, was, that was the group way before you. Way before. And, and you still have it. That's, that's awesome. That's the rebel pride that we got. There you go. You got to like that. All right. Uh, final thing on UNLV. So where do you see this team this year? And, again, there's, it's, it's, we have a very, very tiny, small sample size. But right. just to kind of give the, the fans an idea as we head into Mountain West play, where do you see this team? I know they were, you know, in the preseason poll. You can kind of throw that out the window. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I think, I think it was like six or seven, right? Seven. Yeah. I, I'd throw that out the window simply because uh, those people that make that have no idea what they're talking about. Right. Um, but at the end of the day, I think, again, this is an experienced team of new, nine new transfers coming in, returning an all-conference guy, and you return kind of your heart and soul in Marvin Coleman, who was the point guard, when you knocked off number four San Diego State. But with this group of guys, they got athleticism, they've got strength and size and, and just the ability to defend. That's where Coach Kruger's been hanging his hat in the offseason, in the preseason leading up. Even when they have bad shooting nights like they did on Wednesday, I think they'll be in games and have a chance because they're going to be able to defend. And especially in the Mountain West, if you can defend, you'll have a chance to be in the top half of that league. I expect them at worst case to be like fifth, but I think they'll be battling for the top third of that league. Um, And you never know. If you catch somebody, um, anything can happen. But if you have a strong non-conference, if you can catch the Bruins, that would be awesome. That puts a a mark on your resume. But 11 of 13 at home in the non-conference. And in the Mountain West, if you can hold serve at home and split on the road, you're looking at, I mean, it used to be 12 and 4 when you played 16 games. But you have a chance for a conference championship, and then anything can happen in the conference tournament. All right. 
Yeah, it, it's it's nice to see. Like we said, it's it's refreshing. It's Kevin Kruger. UNLV's got one of their own, and then the scheduling up the way they're doing. You know, with with these other teams, it's it's good. It doesn't kind of give you that feeling of when you were here. I mean, no, you guys sure. were pl- you guys were playing you know big time basketball, and that's what everyone wants to to get to. And I understand fans are still hesitant. Again, you know, they still have fresh in their in their mind what's happened the last four or five seasons, but. You know, give this, give give Kevin a shot, give this program a shot. And again, like you said, even though Lon isn't really actively coaching, I mean, just his presence there. I mean, just seeing him there, you know, back in the locker room, you know, the other night. I mean, that was very cool. Yeah. You know, in the hallway and just, you know, I mean, he's there for Kevin, and he, he's there, he's there for. For, for UNLV? It's a family feel again. It feels good yeah. to be able to have one of our own there. And the prior coach is great for them. TJ, um, Beard, not, not really not great for Marvin, you. Marvin. Yeah. Uh, but Marvin Menzies. But yeah. those guys, they weren't rebels. They didn't understand the right. city and what it meant. Kevin right. understands. If he fails at this, I think he'll feel like he'll, he'll, he failed as a head coach. And other opportunities won't mean as much to him. He won't let this not be a success. And if the people give him a chance, support him, he's going to do great things. This team is going to be the best team that they've had in the last four or five years. I'll say that right now. Um, and and just, just come out, support them, even though you have to be vaccinated. If that's not your choice, okay, still watch them on TV, support this team. Because, again, they're going to do some great things, and this is going to lay the foundation for the rebuild of UNLV running Rebel Basketball. There it is. All right, Double B, we're getting you out to the game at the Thomas & Mac. It's been a while since you've been out there. It, it's been a long time since I've been to Thomas yeah. & Mac. I will see UNLV play Michigan on uh, the 19th. Yep. That's a Friday, Sunday, I believe, mm-hmm. the tournament's set up. Yeah. Um, if they win, they'll or lose, they'll either play Wichita State or, or Arizona. Yeah. Then they got UCLA. So, uh, you know, it, it's great to see as a fan you playing more key teams. Right. Yes. Uh, it, it's yeah. one thing to beat up the Cal State Bakersfields of the world, yeah. uh, but it's another thing to, to see and truly gauge where your team is uh, against the elite of the country. So I think that's a good thing. Go out and schedule those big teams and see where you are. I'm, I'm excited. Like I said, I'm excited for UCLA. Right. You know, we got Villanova tonight. Right. Uh, they got North Carolina on the docket. <laughs> Uh, got UNLV coming, so and they got Gonzaga here on the 23rd. So uh, there's just it's it's nice to see him play good programs because once you get in the league, everybody knows each other, yeah. right. and, uh, and it gets a little difficult to win on the road. And, and again, just here in Las Vegas too, just having the the, the marquee teams in these marquee events. Like I said, you've got North Carolina, UCLA, Kentucky, uh, Ohio State yep. again coming with the CBS Sports Classic. You know, coming the week before Christmas. And, it is. It, they've yeah. done a great th- stuff at T-Mobile. Yeah. Really, in uh, the Pac-12 championship. In fact, there's been there's five tournament championships yeah. here in Las Vegas mm-hmm. because uh, Las Vegas can yeah. host it like nobody else. Can, can you tell the brimming of, of excitement coming off of the COVID year last year where we were just, we were jonesing. We were right. missing that so much. And then here it is. You know, we, you know fans back in the stands. And, uh, and we got, you know, big-time basketball back here. So yeah, it was great. It, it, was, it was really tough last year, especially for Vegas fans. The, the team was underperforming, and uh, there was just nothing really to root for. Yeah. And it made it very, very difficult. Right. It made it very difficult to, to, to engage in it when there's nobody there. Right. Try sitting there calling the game. Oh, I right. couldn't imagine. Yeah. 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 At least it was empty, so that nobody, <laughs> nobody could see me banging my head on the table at the time of some <laughs> I saw you, man. <laughs> Curtis Terry in the house. Well, we appreciate you, man. Uh, great stuff. Uh, he'll be on the call tomorrow on ESPN Las Vegas at 100.9 FM, 1100 AM, uh, 5 o'clock tip-off. The Cal Golden Bears coming to town. The 0-1 Bears out of the Pac-12 taking on UNLV, who is 1-0. So uh, good luck on the call, my friend, and we'll see you at the TNM tomorrow night. Thanks, fellas. Great to see you. Go oh, Rebels. There it you. is. All right. Curtis Terry, and of course, uh, Curtis, you've got to be coming back uh, and joining us during the course of this basketball season. Always love having you here. And uh, that means we'll be getting some food, too, down the road, because he likes that. He uh, just showed up out of Portland, Oregon, a great basketball player in his day, back, at, in, back in the late 70s, early 80s. Beware. Not, it's a multi-sport athlete right oh, yeah. there that you're talking about. Oh, yeah, for yeah, sure. That UCLA, that former UCLA quarterback. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. But you know where his mind's at? His mind's on the sheet. I mean, he, he's going oh, yeah. to be throwing dimes over at the window. That's what he's going to be doing. All right. Appreciate Curtis Terry in the house. UNLV. T.C. Martin, Brian Benowitz, Matt Holt is going to join us. David Norrie as well coming up next. We got best bets. We got plenty of college football. The NFL will talk about live from the Cosmopolitan Las Vegas. It is the T.C. Martin Show on a fabulous Friday.